here's the thing. If you've been playing the long game and you're about to murder me, I already told Aaron to suspect you. I was like, I told Aaron that no one is exempt from suspicion. I'm already ready to avenge. <laughs> oh my gosh, wait. I actually, I'm totally serious about this. You can make fun of me all you want. I'm totally serious about this. On one of the recent episodes of My Favorite Murder, they talked about that they need to have like a code word. For if anything ever happens and they, like, call each other. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where, like, if you're being held captive, you need to have a code word so that your captors, like, can't tell idea, that you said actually. a code word. But that your friend knows. So I'm just saying right now we should we should pick a code What's word. What's our code friends. word? It would have to be something that we I'm going like, to have to cut this out. Because... Oh, yeah, you're right. You can just do a, like, bleep of the actual code word. <laughs> like, Yeah. Um, what would be a good code word? Something that we would never say. Right. Like something that, other. yeah, that has to be like very obvious. Right. <laughs> but it would also have to be something that sounds like a thing people would say to each other. Yeah. It should be like a way to say goodbye or like something. Mm. <laughs> and I'll just have to remember to never say it as a joke. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like it, it can't be a thing we text each other as a joke because yeah. then it'll be like, is this real? That's question? null and void. Um, What's a way that you would never say goodbye to me? <laughs> like, we always say bye. Like, so I guess any other. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. So if we're ever having a conversation and it's just, I feel like also I'd be able to get, like, I'd just be able to tell if you felt, like, uncomfortable somehow. Maybe. But maybe not if I'm, like, in survival mode. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would never say that no, to anyone. No, never. I've never <laughs> said that in my whole life. Okay. All if right. you get a text from me next week that says, Beep! I'm going to give you the address of the cabin. Okay. So that you're, like... <laughs> call that's 911 good. like my friend said the code word yeah. this is the address that's a good idea though yeah I think so yeah alright we have to bleep it every single time I know beep yeah okay cool don't forget it I won't <laughs> you don't forget it I won't I would, I'll never forget it I know it's <laughs> a good idea though yeah. Okay, well, cool. I feel a little bit safer about going to a cabin. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so It's going to be so relaxing. Yeah. It's going to be real relaxing to be in a cabin. Yeah. And it's really, like, well-designed. Like, one of the, I think one of the owners is, like, an interior design or, like, some sort of designer, and they, like, built the cabin. Nice. So it's, it's beautiful. How long are you going there for? We leave Wednesday, and we come back Saturday. So not too long. No, but that's, like, a decent amount of time yeah. to, like, be in. And then, like, you'll avoid Sunday traffic. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And Thursday, I think we're going to do actual Thanksgiving with one of Dan's friends' families. Oh, like, nice. Because he lives in, like, Western Mass, so he's going to go, like, Dan's friend is going to go and we're going to, like, drive, like, an hour or something to have a meal with them. Mm -hmm. Which is cute, I think. Yeah, they, that'll be so nice. It's, like... They live on, like, out in the woods somewhere, like, so it'll be a lot of woods this weekend. That'll which be is nice. Great. Oh. And George gets to come. <gasps> oh, Yeah. Georgie. I, like, specifically looked for a, a pet-friendly cabin, nice. so. It'll be fun. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited for the holiday. I think it's you leave on Tuesday? 
Yes. Yeah. Mm. Thank goodness, because this stupid bathroom. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it hasn't been too horrible. Do you know what they're doing in there? Are they, like, just... They're demoing the entire thing. They took out even the tub. Really? Yeah. But so it's going to be a brand new bathroom. But it'll still be a tub? Yeah. Because nice. mm-hmm. I heard I heard them talking outside. Because <laughs> you're just in the surveillance spot. Yeah, because I'm here all the time. Like, that's, well, that's the thing. Like, I keep seeing these guys out here because, right. like, I work from home on two days a week. Right. But I heard the land, the property manager talking with one of the guys, and they originally weren't going to do the, a, a new tub, but he was like, this is going to be a brand new bathroom for, like, 20 years. Like, we're not going to redo it for another 20 yeah. years, so put a new tub in. So wow. I'm getting a brand new bathroom. And they said it was only two weeks, and I'll be gone for most of it. Yeah. So it makes me feel like I'm in, like, a big house. That's true. Because I have to, like, yeah. walk upstairs to use their bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think these two people know each other. Oh. Because I, I was in the, the shower. I was getting out of the shower, and I heard them, like, talking and like one of them like walk across the hall I don't know <laughs> or maybe they've just been living here for so maybe. long maybe they're like... two like old people so mm-hmm. yeah me and my neighbor are just using their bathroom <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but we get a, a new bathroom that's good yeah because I mean it was dated yeah so it was fine but dated same same froggy shower curtain <laughs> yeah I know, I'm like, I, I kind of want to buy a new shower curtain now if it's mm. going to be, like, a brand new bathroom. Yeah. I'm, like, covered in my own hair right now. But, oh, because you just... Because I, I was like, why are you covered in your hair? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're always covered in your own hair. I said the truth is out there to my students on Friday, and none of them got it. Oh, that's devastating. <laughs> because I was showing them Dear David. Yeah. Because <laughs> I yes, we're, do- you were. we're doing multimodal storytelling, and I just like had a day on Friday where I just showed my kids whatever the fuck I wanted. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I showed them like Dear David. I showed them 1770, the like football in the future oh from, yeah, yeah yeah I showed them that and then I showed them like a painter that has synesthesia so she like oh, paints cool. songs so yeah. we like looked at the paintings and like listened to the songs but I showed them Dear David and that and one of the kids was like this is so fake like they're like shit doesn't matter and I was like the truth is out there man and they were all just like oh. <laughs> I was like none of you got that dude and you know all of the, like not all of them but there are a handful of them who like love Twin Peaks mm-hmm. and like love blah 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 but they don't know where we came from no whatever kids these days no they're great <laughs> I love them <laughs> we're so old I know uh, we're not no but <laughs> their projects sound pretty awesome so I'm very excited they like created magazines so. that's cool all right. Welcome to, Welcome to the Adjunct Astrologers. That was a good <laughs> transit. We were talking about adjuncting. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, this is uh, our pet project teaching. Yeah. <laughs> Where we teach you about astrology. We learn ourselves and then we teach you. <laughs> so this week we just decided to do another surprise me episode. Yeah. Where we both researched something where we have no idea what the other person did. No. No idea. I didn't know what I was going to research until like three hours ago. So. <laughs> mine came, mine fell in my lap. Mm, okay. And I've been bragging about how good it is like all day. <laughs> do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I feel mine, mine have, is yours like pretty in depth? Not super in depth. 
Okay. Um, like it's it's will kind it be, of brief. Will it be a good closer or will it be a good opener? I have no idea because I don't know what you did. But who went first last time? Well, we did a snack time. We, well, we didn't post this. the snack. <laughs> we didn't post a snack time. Uh, so the last one was pop culture. So you go first. Okay. Sounds good. So <clears throat> this was inspired. I like started off with one idea and then just totally got off track and went to something. Perfect. Like it, it was something tangentially re- related. Like I went down like a Wikipedia hole. So oh, I love it. I yeah. love these. So that's where where this comes from. But we got an email from <gasps> my sister's best friend, Eleanor. Okay. And she loves our podcast. She's oh. very into astrology. So, like, when I was home for the wedding, we, like, talked about it a lot. And she started listening right mm-hmm. after. And she sent us an email. And she's like, I'm an Aries and I don't know who I am. <laughs> um, oh, my God. But she said, oh, my God, I love your podcast. You nailed Aries's costume. I always love going as windblown. <laughs> <laughs> And spray my hair sticking up and carry an inside out umbrella, etc. And no one ever gets it. She goes as that. She's gone as that multiple times. So. What the? Uh, I love it. She said, so now I stick to black cat. Great. <laughs> Great episode. Loved the healing episode too. I need to get my chart right and look at my houses. So... Her question was just, can you explain who I am? So I started doing research on Aries. Eleanor, I'm not going to be able to explain who you are. I'm dating an Aries. <laughs> yeah. So I looked up some things about Aries. Okay. So, like, I have a few just, like, one, like, opening thing wait, that so, I was just wondering. Sorry, continue. Yeah. No. I'm like, now I'm like, wait, I should really pay attention. <laughs> not that I don't always. So the first thing I like thought about when I was thinking about Aries, I'm like, why is it the first sign of the Zodiac? Why mm. is it considered this? And it is considered the the first sign of the Zodiac as this is when spring starts. So it's the symbolism of birth and beginnings. And in ancient Roman times, March was the first month of the year, mm. which I didn't know. It was changed to January by Julius Caesar in 400... Or 46 BC. Because of the Ides of March? I don't know. That happened, wait, no, that's when he was stabbed, right? Oh, beware yeah, the Ides beware of the Ides of March. So he was like, I don't want to make it the New Year. <laughs> he prophesied it. He was um, like, I have a bad feeling about March this year. It just feels like it's going to be bad. Let's, like, rearrange the calendar so we really warm up. We really get ourselves warmed up before March. Yeah, these Ides. <laughs> That's, I'm sure that's how it works. Uh, yep. That's to, we just wrote historical fiction. <laughs> so, coincidentally, Aries is ruled by the planet Mars in astrology. In astrology. Is that <laughs> like when, when you talk about astrology in Australia? Uh-huh. Dude, Australia's when, love podcast. Maybe that's how we get famous. Oh, astrology. Yeah. Astrology. <laughs> I keep interrupting you. No, it's fine. I have like some... Never mind. Uh, <laughs> Mars was the Roman god of war and where the month of March got its name. Aries in Latin is ram. Mm. So that's why it's like symbolized by the ram. And over the course of time, um, the symbol of Aries, like the constellation, has changed a lot. Oh, and so it was represented in China, it was twin inspectors. I don't know what that means. Um, and in the Marshall Islands, it was the porpoise. 
And But before that, the stars of Aries formed a farmhand, which is interesting. Uh, But the most popular is the ram, and that started in the Babylonian times and has been used as as the symbol for Aries ever since. And so this is kind of where I was leading to. Mm. So for the Greeks, it's... Uh, the ram came to represent specifically the ram whose fleece became the golden fleece in <gasps> oh, ancient mythology. Of like Jason and the Argonauts? Yes. Right? So now okay. I'm going to tell you the story about the golden fleece. Nice! <laughs> Perfect. So that's, that's my thing. Okay. <laughs> is the golden fleece that is connected to Aries. So Eleanor, this, I don't know, might help you think about something. Yeah. Probably not because it's a weird story. But, so... The Greek myth of Jason, and I got this from a mixture of PBS, BBC, and Wikipedia. <laughs> so I just like blended it, like wrote it all, like blended it all together and wrote it in my, my own words. Works um, Yeah. So the Greek myth of Jason and the Golden Fleece is one of heroism, betrayal, and vengeance. Ooh, love it. Jason is the son of the Greek king Ilocos. Jason's uncle Peleus kills Jason's father and takes the throne. Oh, it's like Hamlet. Yeah. So Jason's mother, fearing for his life, whisks him him to Cherion, a centaur, and this centaur hides him and raises him on the mountain of Pelion. Mm. At the age of 20, Jason returns to where he grew up to confront his uncle and (gasps) reclaim the throne. (laughs) (laughs) On his journey... To his uncle, he meets the queen of the gods, Hera, and she is disguised as an old woman, and she asks for help crossing a river. And when he is helping her cross the river, he loses a sandal. So he's nice. He was apparently raised well by the centaur and, like, helps this woman, old woman, cross the river. So when Jason arrives in court to confront his uncle, the the now king, Peleus, the king, is nervous because an oracle had prophesied that a man, this is in quotes, a man wearing only one sandal shall usurp his throne. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I love Just one guy is going to show up with only one shoe on. And, like, me in my, like, editor mode, I'm just like, seems kind of contrived. Yeah. I'd be like, it should be a little more vague. Yeah. I was like, we should be able to interpret, but... No, this no. Is, none of this is big. <laughs> it's going to happen exactly yeah. how it was prophesied. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> in court, Jason demands that Peleus give him the throne. And Peleus says that Bold. Jason, yeah, that Jason <laughs> must first accomplish a difficult task to prove that he is worthy of being king. Which I'm like, you killed your brother to become king. So yeah. like, how can you? Doesn't make sense. Playing games. Yeah. He tasks Jason with retrieving the Golden Fleece, which is kept beyond the edge of the known world in this place called Colchis. It's just like a really nice L.L. Bean pullover. Mm -hmm. L.L. Bean does have lifetime guarantees, so <laughs> their stuff is quality. That's what I always think about whenever I hear about the Golden Fleece. It's just like a, a golden Halloween costume. <laughs> Eleanor, this is your Halloween costume next, next year, year, Eleanor. Um, all right. 2018's all about you, Eleanor. Yeah. So the Golden Fleece has its own backstory. So this is like the myth within the myth. Okay. Uh, The story of the fleece is an interesting tale itself. Zeus, the king of the gods, gave a golden ram to one of Jason's ancestors, Phrixus. Phrixus. (laughs) Don't think that's how it's pronounced. It's P-H- 
R X U S. Freezeus? I like Freaksus. Freaksus? Okay. So Freaksus <laughs> flew, flew this ram. I didn't know rams could fly, but he flew this ram from Greece to Colchis. And the king of Colchis was Aedes, the son of Helios, which is the sun god. Mm-hmm. And Aedes sacrificed the ram, which I'm like, that's rude. That was a gift. Uh, <laughs> and and hung, this, hung the fleece in a sacred grove guarded by a dragon. An oracle... That sounds really over the top. Yeah. <laughs> An oracle prophesied that Aetes, I think that's how it's pronounced, um, would lose his kingdom if he lost the fleece. So, hence the dragon. Jason agrees to this impossible task to go retrieve the golden fleece. And he assembles a dream team full of heroes, and they all set sail on the ship Argo. <laughs> and <laughs> so at this point in the myth, they have a ton of adventures. I mean, this is like a right. Greek, Greek myth. So there's Another like, one of those, like, odysseys, yeah. basically. So, like, a bunch of shit happens. But two of my favorite things that happen. One of them is that they have to pass through these straits. And they're really narrow, and... I pass through straits every day of my life, and just... All day. straits in my life. Well, here's a way to get through them. Uh, he... A Pride Guide by Aaron Jones. Uh, so, the straight was said to close in on shifts. On ships when they are trying to pass through. So they got the idea to send birds through. So the birds are captured and killed in the straits. And then when the straits open up again, the ships can go through. But my favorite adventure is their first stop, actually. And they stop on the Isle of Lemnos. Which is an island full of only women. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and these women have all murdered their husbands. Oh, okay. It um, took a turn for the better. But the Argonauts, uh, and I'm quoting this from, I think, the BBC one, fare much better as uh, the women used this time to repopulate their island. <gasps> and I'm like, okay, a man wrote this. <laughs> Obviously. Um, so after these adventures sexcapades yeah these sexcapades they finally make it to the island where the the golden fleece is and he jason explains to 80s the god who has the golden fleece that it belonged to one of his ancestors and he says that it's his rightfully and he wants it back Mm. so 80s says sure if you can complete all these tasks so these people just keep giving him tasks next time someone asks me to do something i'm gonna be like you have to complete some tasks (laughs) first you have to complete some impossible tasks (laughs) (laughs) it's like well i've hidden an ll bean pullover behind a dragon (laughs) in jp and only the shuttle is running this weekend so if you get there on the shuttle and then you beat the dragon. You can have the LL Bean fleece. Oh my god, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, well, some of these tasks are not that far off from a shuttle to JP. Like, yoking a fire-breathing bull. Gross. Plowing and sowing a field with dragon teeth. And then just beating up a bunch of warriors. So these tasks would be impossible to any mortal. Right. But, of course... Aedes' daughter, Medea, a powerful sorceress, has fallen in love with Jason. Mm. 
and agrees oh, right. agrees to help Jason if he marries her. Oh, isn't there? Yeah, Medea mm-hmm. is like a tragic figure later on in this story. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so with Medea on his side, he wins. Uh, Jason and Medea return to Greek triumphant with the golden fleece, and he reclaims his throne. But this is a tragedy. So <laughs> it's not a happy ending. <laughs> how how are you feeling, Eleanor? Yeah. <laughs> their their happiness is short-lived. Medea is feared in Greece because of her powerful magic. Um, and they are ousted and run out of town. So they are exiled to Corinth, where the king agrees to harbor them if Jason marries his daughter. Jason agrees and this breaks his vow with Medea. So Medea is pissed and goes on a rampage. She kills Jason's new wife, kills the two children that Medea and Jason had, and then ascends to Mount Olympus and marries Achilles. So yeah there's a whole play about it. It's really intense. Yeah (laughs) and I'm gonna quote this section um, outright from the BBC because they say it much better than Mm. I could. Uh, So this is the very end of the the Golden Fleece tale. Jason goes back to Iokos, where his boat, the Argo, is on display. One day, while he sits next to the boat weeping, the decay... (laughs) Wait, wait for it. The decaying beam of his ship, the Argo, falls off and hits him on the head, killing him outright. So that is the end of the golden. That's place like the shit story. that shows up on the screen at the end of the movie, and you're mm-hmm. like, "What? Yeah. What was this? What was even the point? Yep. This guy is gonna go accomplish all these heroic, unhuman things, and then like he's gonna be crying on a dock somewhere, and some shit's gonna fall and crush mm-hmm. him." Yep. yep. So that is one of the myths behind Ares the Ram. So Ares the Ram. Is the golden ram. Is the golden oh, ram. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And, like, it was a myth, like, created within this right. other story. Take that as you will, Eleanor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that she emailed asking us for help. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, all these, yeah. like, 40 tabs no, later. that was incredible. <laughs> oh, that was incredible. Um, yeah, that was great. So okay. And they actually, mine actually... Fits out, fits really well with that. Yeah, I'm um, so excited. So, I was listening to Criminal, the podcast that mm-hmm. I love, one of the many podcasts that I love, and I was listening to an episode about a British woman who, in the 1930s, was like claimed to be a medium and held a bunch of seances and. So the whole episode was about her, Mm -hmm. but at one point the reporter, the like podcast host, is like explaining the environment basically of 1930s and 40s Britain when this woman sort of like came to, became famous, and like offhandedly says like, well around the same time Britain had hired an astrologer to um, help predict Hitler's movements in World War II. And I was like, record scratch. Record, yes, exactly. And I, like, paused it and, like, typed it into Google. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the podcast. So, similarly, I have some stuff from the BBC and the Daily Beast. Who knew the BBC loved astrology I know, right? (laughs) Um, Okay, so, British spies in in 1941... Mm -hmm. British spies hired an astrologer to try and figure out Hitler's wartime plans. This did not become public knowledge until 2008 when the British government 
declassified a bunch of World War II documents and Uh released them to the British National Archives. Holy shit. And so if you search this, all of the articles about it are from March of 2008, like when this broke. Imagine being like a historian looking through the archives and just being like, what the? (laughs) Yes. So, okay. The astrologer's name was, I, I saw two different ways that his name was spelled. Either Ludwig von Wall, mm-hmm. W-O-H-L, or Daywall. I think von is actually, makes more sense, but he was sort of a master of disguises, so who knows. But anyway, uh, von Wall, he was born in Berlin in 1903, and he fled to Britain in 1935 to avoid Nazi persecution because he was Jewish. In 1941, he was hired by MI5, mm-hmm. which is Britain's domestic spy agency, because he had been claiming that Hitler relied heavily on astrological advice, and that figuring out exactly what kind of advice he was receiving would enable Britain to figure out his next move. That's so smart! But the thing is... So there were a lot of rumors and, like, newspaper articles at the time that, like, different Nazi leaders were really into occult shit. Mm. So that sort of occult, I guess, fervor mixed with Britain's desperation to try and figure out what to do led them to hiring this guy. So before he had been hired in London... DeWall had claimed variously to be a Hungarian nobleman, the nephew of an Austrian conductor, the grandson of a British banking magnate, and a relative of the Lord Mayor of London. So he was sort of like one of these showmen from, Mm -hmm. you know, probably what we would think of in like the 1800s, like a a guy who like travels around in a carriage selling like snake oils, basically. But this is like the 1930s. So... His big break, when he got hired, the thing that sort of got him in, he wrote later in a book, was during a dinner at the Spanish embassy, a Spanish duchess asked him to reveal Hitler's horoscope to Britain's foreign secretary, Lord Halifax. And so, based on this, like, conversation he had with this guy, they were like, okay, like, we're desperate, we'll do anything we can to get information, so they hired him. Historians actually say that Hitler paid no attention to astrological forecasts, um, and apparently this guy was sort of, like, not actually a good astrologer. (laughs) The shit that he wrote was really vague. Um, Like, he would just say, like, on December 8th, something disastrous is going Mm, to happen. Like, really vague. (laughs) So, very quickly, the British spy agency was like, what the fuck have we done? <laughs> um, but there are, in these declassified documents, there's, like, British government letterhead. And it, I think the he was, like, writing for... He would write horoscopes for Hitler and other Nazi leaders. And it's, like, on, like, MI5 letterhead that says, the Bureau of Psychological <gasps> Research. <laughs> oh, my God. MI5, hire us. <laughs> MI5, hire us. So he was, like constantly getting in trouble for bragging about his like government clearance and his ability to predict the future and what was going to happen in the war and MI5 was constantly like doing damage control being like shut up like you're undercover they were like paying for his apartment in London they were like you can't be all over the place going to these parties talking about all the shit all the time Mm -hmm. um he was calling himself Britain's state seer oh my god like S 
S E E R C. Yeah, I love so, him. So <laughs> I know I love him too, but also like he's taking advantage of. Well, yeah. <laughs> so um, in 1941, he was sent by Prime Minister Winston Churchill, who did not believe in astrology, to the U.S. to persuade Americans that the Nazis would lose within months if they entered the war. His task in the U.S was to counter a, conven- a convention of pro-German astrologers that had predicted Hitler would win the war. So at this point, the U.S. hasn't entered the war, mm-hmm. but Britain wants them to. So one of the many tactics they tried was, like, sending this astrologer to America at the same time that another group of astrologers were being like, Hitler's going to win. We've foreseen that Hitler's going to win based on the stars. So he was sent to the U.S., and he started advertising himself as the modern Nostradamus. Um, So one of the things he starts doing is writing a newspaper column called Stars Foretell, where he made predictions about the war. And he become he basically goes like the 1941 version of viral in the United States. Because... In June of 1941, one of his more detailed, one of his actually detailed predictions seemed to come true. So he wrote in his, in his column, Stars Foretell, quote, A strong collaborator of Hitler, who is neither German nor a Nazi, will go violently insane, he foretold. He will be in South or Central America, probably near the Caribbean Sea. Three days later... U.S. newswires proclaimed that the Vichy High Commissioner of the French West Indies, Admiral George Robert, had gone insane and had to be restrained by authorities. Wow. So people, like, get even more hyped up because they're like, oh my gosh, this guy's for real. So in August, like two months later, the Federal Communications Commission lifted its long-standing ban against astrologers and aired an exclusive interview with him. So this is on the radio. They Mm. air an interview with him. Just a few weeks later, for the first time in U.S. history, an astrologer was filmed for a U.S. newsreel, which is basically like the newsreels they used to show in movie theaters. Mm. And you would go, and, you know, before they had news on TV, Mm -hmm. before people had really TVs at all. So you would go to the theater and pay, like, a small amount of money, and you would see a newsreel about the war and all this stuff. So he was the first astrologer to be, like, filmed and put on the news, basically, in the U.S. But all of it was fake. No! Yes! Yes! So it was all part of an elaborate propaganda campaign, like I said, to organize American public opinion in favor of Britain and to ultimately get the U.S. to enter the war. Britain, like, that specific thing that he foretold, Britain's government fed him that information, (gasps) and then they fed false information to the U.S., but it never actually happened. So they fed false information to the U.S., the U.S., like, news reporters couldn't (laughs) fact check behind, like, the Reich, Uh so they couldn't, like, email, you know, like we could today, or they couldn't Google, Mm -hmm. because there was, like, news blockade, so they were creating literally fake news Holy shit. through this astrologer Holy. that they sent to the U.S. because they were like, he's causing trouble in London. He's going to blow his cover. He's uh-huh. bragging too much. He's also not foreseeing anything. So he was hired originally to like actually do astrology, but then when he came to the U.S., it was fake news. Yeah, he was hired to do astrology or 
not necessarily to do astrology, but to like try and figure out how the Nazis were using astrology. But part mm. of what he did was write horoscopes for Hitler and other Nazi leaders. But like quickly after they hired him, they were like, no way. Yeah. So Winston Churchill sent him to the US Smart. as like a front. I mean, that's horrible, but it's smart. Yeah. Michelle, this is a movie. I know! <laughs> I'm shocked there hasn't been a movie about it. Well, let's write one. The Daily Beast article was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. And that, like, just the idea of fake news. Yeah. Well, and if you think back to, like, the podcast episode was about, at the exact same time, this woman who was super famous in Britain mm-hmm. for being a medium and or say you know hosting seances and when she was like exposed as a fraud she was brought up on a 200 year old crime of witchcraft and at the time like while she was being tried the prime minister of britain was like furious that the courts were doing this Mm -hmm. but it was like a distraction from the war in a way like it gave people this other thing to think about wow yeah and so I think, like, for the same reason, I'm really into spiritualism as, like, a, a thing that happened. Uh-huh. It started in the U.S. right around the Civil War, and it was, like, a reaction to just, like, unprecedented casualties. Yeah. And people wanting to make contact with, like, their children who went off to war and they never saw them mm-hmm. again. So if you think about, like, how that carried over to the, the U.K. during World War II... It's really not that shocking oh, that no, they would yeah. hire an astrologer, even mm-hmm. though he was already sort of like an imposter. It was yeah. clear that he was an imposter. But wow, yeah, that's so interesting. So interesting. I love that. <laughs> he just sounds like an interesting character too. But there are just all these documents in the arc, the National Archives, where he would just write horoscopes like all the time for Hitler. I almost, like, looked up something about Hitler and horoscopes. Really? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of, like, theory about that he was into the occult, which is, like, a lot of, like, movies about, you know, World War II kind of, like, use that idea that he may or may not have been into occult stuff. Yeah. I don't know a lot about whether or not he was. I just am well-versed in fictional things that have been made about it. (laughs) But it's, it's like, one of those things where I always have to, like, remind myself the serious nature of... Yeah. But, it, I mean, like, if you think about it in that way, like, it totally makes sense that the British government would be desperate. That mm-hmm. they'd be, like, trying whatever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. To try and, like, stop that. Because, yeah, the, the hor- it's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like, anything that can make you feel less powerless. Right. Well, and if I, I imagine that they were like, well, if he is getting, like, if the other side is getting astrological advice, maybe using an astrologer would. Yeah. But it just, like, I feel like if they had hired someone who was an actual astrologer, not to say, like, I believe that they could have foreseen anything, but they might have, like, been better at understanding whether or not the other side was using astrology, and they actually might have understood, like, okay, like, an astrologer told them this. That's what this means for us. And, like, psychologically, this is how it might be interpreted. Right, right, right. Through... But instead, this guy was just a, a clown, a fucking clown. Something bad is going to happen. Yeah, like, and there were, one of the things that I read was a, um, 
letter signed by someone who like went on to be the director of MI5 and it was basically calling him like oh what it 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 was really funny basically calling him a clown being like I just like don't really take him very seriously yeah wow yeah I want to like go I need to go read that article now it yeah was on the daily I'll send Beast. it to you yeah that cool? the, it was actually from this year all the other articles I read were from t- 2008, but that one was from this year. Let's write a movie. Okay. Wait, I just remembered a book that I bought at the bookstore pertains to our podcast. <gasps> I'm holding a book called The Dictionary of Astronomy. Have you learned anything yet? I haven't started reading it yet. Pick one item to okay. close out the show. Okay. Oh. Dynamic time. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. I'm ready. The concept of time that is used as the variable in gravitational equations of motion. That's boring. I don't know what that means. (laughs) The name is good, though. Earth. (laughs) Earth is a term in here. Dynamic time is dope. Hypergalaxy. A group of galaxies consisting of a dominating spiral galaxy surrounded by a cloud of dwarf galaxies. A hypergalaxy? A hypergalaxy. So it's basically like one big galaxy with a bunch of little ones holding onto it. Wow. I didn't even, I don't even think about other galaxies. So it's like one of those big sharks that has like the little, little sucker sharks. Yeah, attached to it. (laughs) I wonder how out of date this is. 1991, a lot has changed. Yeah. Pluto's not a planet anymore. No. I love it. Isn't this great? That's so cool. I know. I couldn't resist buying it. I was like, I don't need that, but I'm going to buy it. Do you have any good astronomy terms, listener? Let us know. Let us know. Let thanks us for know emailing us, Eleanor. Yeah, thank you, more Eleanor. More people for, should email yeah, us. Yeah, more people should email us. Even um, though we didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> we will have a snack time coming up next yes, week. Because it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, so have a good Thanksgiving. This is going to come out the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Have a good holiday. I hope that you all spend it with people who <laughs> don't offend you (laughs) yeah i'm trying to think of something astrology related who understand your moon (laughs) yeah compatible people yeah i hope you're under you're you're with people that understand your moon (laughs) (laughs) if if you're an aries and you have any advice for eleanor yeah email it to us and we'll pass it on yes yeah um all right bye bye (laughs) don't say the code word (laughs)